0: Welcome to Timberline Windsor. Thanks for joining us this weekend. We are a church family that strives to let love live in every facet of our lives. We at Timberline Windsor desire everyone, every man, woman and child that calls this church family home to be a part of connections. To join one today, visit our website or download the Timberline app. Enjoy today's message. Welcome everybody, also, hey, welcome Timberline Windsor, if you're watching at Timberline, what's up Pastor John, what's up Tristan, um, or, or if you're watching from home, like my mom is, hi mom, hey, go Vols, I told my dad I'd say that, alright, so moving on, man, can you believe school is like back, it's like the weirdest feeling ever, it feels like summer's just over, and then I'll just be wearing all black and mourning for the next couple weeks, so sad, but what I wanna do really fast is that if you're, like a, if you're a teacher, or a student, or a coach, or you work somewhere at a school, what I'd love for you guys to do is just stand really fast, and I just wanna pray for you all as you guys head back to schools. Don't be bashful, don't be bashful. There, I knew there was more. There we go, cool. I wanna pray a blessing over you guys as you head back to school. Jesus, God, I pray for these people standing. Jesus, I pray that school will be a safe place for our students. Jesus, I pray as students walk in and they are are greeted with these faces, God, I pray that they will feel known, cared for, and loved, not just by these people, but by you. Jesus, protect our schools. Keep them safe. Jesus, thank you so much for teachers, and coaches, and people who are investing in the lives of our students. We are grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank y'all. All All right. Oh man, so, so if you really knew me, you would know that I'm a motion sickness kinda guy. All right, hey, where are my car sick people at? Where are they at? Where are they at? All those front seaters out there. Yeah, me too. I get really car sick. And I haven't always been car sick. I feel like I used to, you know, ride in the back with the best of them. But not so much anymore. I get really bad, like, airline sickness now. And so a few years ago, I was, um, I was flying to Las Vegas to visit some of my friends. And um, it, I got on an airline, and I don't want to name names but let's just call this airline Spirit. Okay. And I don't know if you guys have ever flown on Spirit, but Spirit is basically a folding chair bolted to the frame of an airplane. All right? There is nothing on there for anybody. It's the worst. You kind of sit, you know, kind of a hair leaning forward like this, the seats don't recline, the tray table is like half the size of your phone, there's no seat back, there's nothing, there's nothing for you. But here's the thing, it at least flies in the air like a bird, so I guess it's fine. But here's the thing, guys, I get airplane sick. And so we're sitting in, and of course, because, you know, I I don't pay to pick my seat because I'm not a millionaire, and so when I, you know, I end up getting the middle seat, and I got two guys sitting next to me, and I remember sitting in my seat, and guys, start getting really warm. (laughs) Some may call it hot, start getting warm, and man, all of a sudden, you know, you're turning that knob as far as it will go, and barely like squeaking out and stuff. And then I'm like, is yours on? Let me feel okay. And then, you know, you do that thing where you're turning all three and you get try to get the trifecta and you try to get all three blowing on you. And guys, it's not helping. And granted, mind you, we haven't moved a millimeter. People are still putting their bags up. And I'm sitting there and I'm starting to get hot and guys, I'm sweating something. Oh man, I take my hat off and I'm like, oh, come on, and then... Guys, I'm not ashamed of this, I just start dropping buttons in my shirt and I'm just begging for one piece of air to hit me in my chest and I'm sitting there and guys, I'm getting so sick. I'm getting so sick and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up on this airplane. Is there an air sickness bag? Of course not, it's spirit. (laughs) And then I'm like, is there a doctor on the plane? It's spirit, of course not. They fly real airplanes. Oh my gosh, and next thing I know, my shirt is completely open, and guys, it's just me. The two guys next to me are just, and I'm like, I implore you. I don't know, I don't know what to say. And so I'm sitting, And so I have all the things pointing at me, and then guys, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up right now. And so then I stand up, and guys, I, I kid you not, the moment I stand up, we are taking off down that runway. I mean, wheels are up. The, I mean, we're going up like this, and now, guys, I'm fighting to the front of the airplane as my shirt blows in the wind. People truly believe I'm taking over the airplane. People are calling loved ones. It's getting real bad. On the intercom, the lady is screaming at me, return to your seat. Return to your seat. And I know who they're talking about and people are pointing at me, but I have to keep going because they can't hear me. They don't see that, that green is not my normal complexion. I'm getting up there and finally I get to the lady. I get to the lady and I said, I'm gonna throw up right here and it's gonna bother everyone. Or... I can go in the bathroom, and it's going to bother no one. And this lady was the strongest human being I've ever met in my life, and she grabs my shoulders with both hands, and I was just like this, and she throws me into the bathroom. And as I lay there, shirt half on, I sit in the bathroom, crisscross applesauce, yes, yes, in the bathroom, on the ground, just throwing up the entire way And it's only like a 45-minute flight. But guys, I believe I'm there forever. And this flight couldn't have felt longer. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, guys, this is where I live now. I will start a new life here, because this is never going to end. And every so often, the lady would knock on the door, and she'd be like, do you need some water? And I'm like, that would be great. And, you know, she hands me a water, and then she takes my credit card and charges me for $10,000. Gosh. And it was the worst air flight ever. And then I come out of the bathroom all buttoned up, you know, trying to do this. And I'm walking back and people are like, that's that guy. Like, I hear the whispers of people and stuff. And I walk back and, you know, I get back in my middle seat and both guys are just staring at me. And the guy looks at me and he goes, what was that? And I literally just said as politely as I could, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and, and I ended up flying to Las Vegas. And now I have a story about it, but during the time it was the worst. It was the worst because I thought the way I was feeling right then was my, the way I was going to feel the rest of my life. And the reason why I get sick is I don't just magically get the flu every time I go and get on an airplane. And now, guys, I literally get sick at the airport. I'll be sitting in the terminal, feeling 100% fine, and then all of a sudden, it's getting hot in here. And I start feeling, I'm sitting in the seat. They haven't even boarded boarding group A yet, and I'm feeling sick. And the reason is, is I'm not like a marvel of science. I don't believe it's coincidence. I believe it's because my brain lies to me. It does. And here's the thing, I'm not the only one. Your guys' brains lie to you. Your students' brains lie to them. Guys, I've been coaching here in Fort Collins for a long time. I coach basketball, and right now I coach at Liberty Common, and it's fantastic, and I I coached at Preston for a long time. And guys, I have seriously got to coach some amazing students, like students who've gone off to play in college, and it's such an honor that I get to continue to call those people my friends. It's been awesome. Just this past season, um, um, I had a girl on my basketball team. Her name was Macy. And here's the thing. Macy's my girl. Oh, I love that girl. She is a coach's dream. She is. She's, she's fast. She's strong. She can score. She rebounds. She plays defense. She's wildly coachable. She's a great teammate and a great friend. But the worst part about Macy and she has no idea how good she is. No idea. We were playing a team out in Greeley just this past season, and, and, and we're, having a rough, we're having a rough half. It's one of those games, our whole team's kind of and Macy's struggling. She's struggling. In her brain, she's telling herself, oh my gosh, how could you miss that shot? You're terrible. And then I call a timeout and get my girls over there just to kind of regroup. Hey, everybody take a breath. We're okay. Take a breath. And then we get a little, we get a break, and the girls start walking out on the court, and I grab Macy by the back of the jersey. And I said, hey, Macy, you are the best player in this district. Act like it. And man, Macy came shot out of a cannon in this second half. And man, it actually kind of got hard to watch. I was somewhat rooting for this team in Greeley because it was getting bad. (laughs) She came out and killed this team. Because here's the thing. I don't care what Macy believes in her head. I will tell her the truth. It is my job as her coach to tell her the truth. I have to remind her over and over again about how good she actually is. And here's the thing. We, we do this all the time. We believe lies all the time. We think just because we saw it on social media that it has to be true. And and just a quick spoiler, everything online is is a lie. Like, everything. Everything on social media is a lie. And the worst part is then we believe lies that our brain tells us. And we believe them. And here's the thing, guys. It's because we think we know it all. Me too. It's not just you. It's me. We believe we know it all. We believe our brain couldn't possibly be lying to us. And we believe it. And we think we know best. And then we do things that we think are going to make things way better. And it ends up making things way, way worse. Guys, um, tonight I get to share with you my favorite book of the Bible. All right? It's the story of Jonah. And Jonah is the best, just because it's the best story, and I'm a story guy. And man, this story is wild. And I love it. And so I'm just going to give you guys a quick little snapshot of the book of Jonah. Okay? So God tells Jonah, and he says, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach against all their evilness. Jonah says, no, thank you. And he goes, I'm actually going to do the opposite of what you tell me to do. And so God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he says, no, I'm going to go the opposite direction to a place called Tarshish. Tarshish. I can't do it. All right? He goes to Tarshish. And what happens is, is so he gets on this boat, and they start sailing, and a big storm comes... And then all these sailors are like, oh my gosh, we're going to die. And then Jonah comes and says, hey guys, I'm kind of running from God. The storm's probably my fault. And then, and then Jonah says, why don't you just throw me overboard? And what, what Jonah is seeming to do is noble, seemingly. But what he's actually saying here is he's saying, I would rather die than go to Nineveh. But then, the, so, so these sailors throw Jonah overboard. And as we all know, Jonah gets swallowed up by a big fish. And <laughs> it's wild. He gets swallowed up by this big fish. And then Jonah, in the belly of this fish, writes this prayer of repentance. Kind of. And then, and then, this fish throws up Jonah onto dry land. And I bet you didn't think we were still going to be talking about throw up, did you? It's student weekend. It's wild. And he throws them up onto dry land, and he gives Jonah a second chance. And then Jonah finally goes to Nineveh, and he does what God tells him to do, but also kind of. He goes to Nineveh, and he gives the worst sermon in the history of sermons. It's eight words, five words in Hebrew, even worse in Hebrew. (laughs) Guys, I wish I could say just eight words to middle schoolers. And it do something. But here's the thing: they'd probably only listen to three of those words. What he says in Jonah 3:4, he says this 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And that's it. That's all he says. He just says eight words. He doesn't say like, God told me to tell you this. He didn't say anything else. And it worked. People just repented. Like the people of Nineveh just stopped all their evilness and then did a complete 180 and started doing what God told them to do. And you know what? Everybody's happy, right? No. Jonah's ticked. And then we find out why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh to begin with. In Jonah 4:2, it says, I knew you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Jonah knew that God was full of mercy and forgiveness, and he knew that he was going to forgive uh, Nineveh's evils. And Jonah wants Nineveh to pay the piper. And then the book just ends. It just ends. And it ends with Jonah just choosing to be upset. It ends with Jonah just being mad. And and here's the thing. I think this story is the perfect example about how powerful our brains are. It's so powerful that what Jonah truly believes that he's doing, Jonah believes that he's doing what's right, even though God told him to do the opposite. And guys, this story is strange, and I think that's why I love it so much, but this is a story about a lot of things. This is a story about God's forgiveness. This is the story about how God loves his kids. This is a story about prayer, this is a story about Jonah, but I think what this story is actually about, I think it's about you. I think this story is about me. This story is about do we actually want to follow what God tells us to do? But what if we think we know better? What if, what if we think, hey, I, I just don't feel like doing this right now. Jonah believes in his brain that his mind is made up And it took getting swallowed up by a big fish to get Jonah to do what God told him to do. And even then, he did the bare minimum. Jonah's brain is a liar, just like ours are. Guys, I see people walking around every single day believing nonsense. I see students walking around every single day feeling in their bones that they are worthless. I see students believing lies about themselves and no one is around to tell them the truth. What would happen if we stopped believing lies? What would happen if your students stopped listening to social media and started listening to Jesus? I believe it would change every fiber of their being. What would happen if students had adults in their life that they knew and they cared about and they knew for a fact that they loved him? What would happen if we had adults in their life that told them to point to Jesus? But here's the thing. We need to be reminded all the time. You're the best player in this district. Act like it. We need to be reminded that the God of the universe is crazy about us. Your students need to be reminded that the God of the universe is crazy about them. But how can they know if someone doesn't tell them? How can they know if someone doesn't tell them? Guys, when I was in middle school and high school, I was a punk. I was kind of like Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver. That's a good one, huh? If you understand that joke, you really understand it. I was a punk. I was a bully. Man, I, I made my, my teachers' lives miserable. I would do anything to make my friends laugh as long as they weren't laughing at me. I didn't care who I would laugh at. I would lie to my teachers and my friends and my parents. I didn't care about anything. I was a terrible friend. I was wildly insecure, and it bled into everything. But then... In the middle of my high school, I met a guy named Josh Dillon. Josh Dillon was my leader. Josh Dillon wanted to be my friend. And to this day, I have no idea why. Josh Dillon was an adult in my life that loved me. And I don't know why. I was such a jerk to him. Guys, I'd play pranks on him all the time. Everywhere we went, I would go out of my way to try to embarrass him. I would stand him up. I wouldn't do what he asked me to do. I was just such a dummy. And throughout all of this, Josh Dillon wanted to be my friend. And I have no idea why. Josh Dillon didn't lie to me. He didn't tell me his truth or my truth. He told me the truth. To this day, Josh Dillon is the coolest guy I've ever met. We're all fighting for second. He was the first person that showed me what following Jesus was all about. He was the first person that showed me that I could miss Jesus by, by breaking all the rules, and I could also miss Jesus by following all the rules. Like the Tim Keller uh, little line says, when we worship rules, we kind of become our own savior. And he's the one who showed me by example of how to treat girls and modeled how I should be speaking about girls. There's a Jeff Lucas line that says, following Jesus is not a tightrope to walk, but it's a field to run. Josh Dillon showed me that. Josh Dillon truly believed in me. I don't know why. He's the one who challenged me to start serving. I started leading at Carnes High School, and it changed my life. My faith was something I did, and it wasn't just something I said. It changed my life, Josh Dillon is the reason I follow Jesus today. I truly believe I'd have walked away from my faith in college. I truly believe that 20, uh, over 20 years ago, if Josh Dillon would have said, hey, sorry, I just don't have time to lead right now. I truly believe I wouldn't be standing here. I don't know what I'd be doing. But man, I'm grateful that over 20 years ago, Josh Dillon said yes. My friend Josh Dillon's actually watching right now. Thanks, buddy. Josh Dillon's the best guy I've ever met. And then fast forward to today. Guys, I have the best job on the planet. I get to be friends with your students just like Josh Dillon was for me. I get to, I get the honor and I mean this the honor of telling your students how incredible they actually are. I don't care what they believe in their head. I will tell them the truth. When a 7th grade girl walks up to me and says no boy will ever like me, I can tell her the truth. When a kid tells me they're getting picked on at school, I get to tell them it gets better. When a student doesn't make the team, I get to tell them that they're still valuable. I get to celebrate with your students when things are incredible. And I get to cry with them when they're not. And guys, it is an honor. It's the absolute best. And just to be clear, we need reminders. We do. Just to be clear, I too need reminders daily that I am loved by Jesus We need people in the lives of students that won't lie to them. We need adults in the lives of students that refuse to let students believe lies. We need adults to to say to students, no, harming yourself is not the answer. We need adults in students' lives that say, no, you are not born broken. Your identity is in Christ we need adults to tell students that the way they feel today will not be the way that they feel tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. And guys, we need adults in students' lives, and those people are you. But what if we're busy? I get it. What if you're What if you're sitting out there and you're like I can't volunteer to do anything? I'm just too awkward. I'm also pretty awkward. I get that. My my friend Bob Seal, he says, yeah, you're awkward, but you're endearing. I don't know if that's a compliment. (laughs) I took it as one. But maybe you're like, what if a kid asks me a question I don't know the answer to? Or maybe you're like, I'm just not good enough to help out. Guys, I'm gonna be vulnerable with you today. The majority of my life I have struggled deeply. I have struggled deeply with feeling good enough. I don't remember a single time in my life that I ever felt and believed that I was good enough. Even as I stand here right now, I feel terribly insecure even as the words fall out of my mouth, I feel terribly inadequate that this church would let me say anything to you all. And I feel even terribly more inadequate that y'all would listen. I feel like I have no business leading anything, let alone being recognized as a pastor. I have flaws and things that I absolutely hate about myself. In most days, I don't feel good enough to be a husband, I don't feel good enough to be a dad. I don't feel good enough to be a brother or a son or a friend or a coach. I don't feel good enough to be a supervisor or a pastor. And most days, I don't feel good enough to be a call myself a follower of Jesus. But guys, it's okay because my feelings lie to me. My brain is a liar because God has already told you that you are good enough just like he's told me that I am. but guys, I need to be reminded. Your students are begging to be reminded. Just like your coworkers or your friends or your kids or whoever, they need to be reminded. Because here's the thing, God doesn't tell you to go and be right when you have the time. God doesn't say go be salt when your kids move out. God doesn't say go be truth tellers. When work calms down, God doesn't say go to all the nations and preach the gospel when you have the energy. Guys, I've sat down with so many people and they're like, yeah, I'll start leading in Timber Kids. I'll start helping out at TSM. I'll help out with media. I'll do all that, but I'm going to wait for God to tell me to do that. Guys, I don't believe we should be waiting on God's voice for things he's already told us to do. I want, us to, I want us to be a church that loves people and loves them dearly. So what does all this mean for you? First, I want us to be people who call out lies. Guys, the biggest critic of me is me. I tell myself some really mean and unfair things in my head and so do your students. I want us to be people who are rooting for kids. Number two, I challenge you to find a place and serve and do it often. Volunteer at TSM or Timber Kids or Women's or Small Group or Media, somewhere where you can serve and say yes and say it often. I truly believe serving will change your life. And then third, if you're struggling with lies in your head, dig into scripture. Find out what the God of the universe says about you. Find friends who will call out lies in your life and friends that love Jesus and want you to follow Jesus. And guys, get help. Talk to a counselor. The Matthews household, we are big believers in counseling. We think every person here should be in counseling. Counseling is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of wisdom. We're all broken out here just trying our best. Guys, that's all I have for you. But I want you to know that standing up here is an honor it is something that i promise you i will never take for granted thank you love y'all we hope you encountered the love and power of jesus in today's service if you're interested in giving for joining serving opportunities and much more visit timberlinechurch.org connect have a great week go be the church and let love live.